Welcome back to episode 65 of the Idols to Rivals podcast. If this is your first episode you have ever listened to or watched before, this is a podcast that I record every Wednesday. My name, of course, is Jack Hummel, at Jack Hummel on Instagram, on YouTube. Those are the main two that I upload to. But if you search Jack Hummel, you'll probably find stuff that I'm creating, stuff that I'm putting out. But like I said, it comes out every Wednesday. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. There's a video version on YouTube. We just upgraded to this nice background where you can see the Idols Travels logo. It's going to spruce things up. Don't have a studio set up quite yet. Those are being talked about, which is some very exciting news. But we'll get around to that when it comes. So just wanted to say... Welcome back to the episode. I appreciate everybody who listens weekly. Really do. Every time I put one of these out, it uh, it's those moments whenever you're, you're sitting there and you're wondering, you're like, ah, oh, maybe maybe I won't do it this week. Maybe I won't go for it. But uh, it's getting over that resistance. And that'll be kind of the theme of this episode. And uh, knowing that that people do check in, people listen to it, and people like it. So that's what really keeps me motivated, keeps me wanting to doing it. And I honestly love doing it and enjoy doing it. But we'll start off, as we always do, talking about sports. Some good college football news. Alabama won. We absolutely crushed Mercer. We kind of gave it up in the second half. That is not something I was happy about. Um, I was actually traveling to the Miami game, which we'll get into in a second, but I didn't get to see the two touchdowns that Mercer scored. Not really happy about letting two points go, two touchdowns go to Mercer, but it's either here nor there. We won the game. This week we have Florida, which will be awesome. It's actually in Gainesville. I pondered going. I don't think I will end up going. It's a little bit further than I thought it was. I thought it was like three hours away, but I think it's closer to five. I could be wrong, but most likely won't go there, but we'll get all Alabama geared up and go to the bar like we did last time and we'll get some footage for it. That'll be up on the YouTube channel because I got lucky in a bar, you know, really close to where I live is actually an Alabama alumni bar in FSU as well, which was fun. We went back for the FSU game. But it was good seeing Alabama win. Didn't get to go out to the bars because we went to a Miami Hurricanes game. And so we went to Hard Rock Stadium, which is the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Hurricanes. I think those are the only two teams that play there. But I've wanted to go there since I was a kid. The Indianapolis Colts, my favorite NFL team growing up, they won their Super Bowl in 2007, and that was in Miami. Alabama's won multiple national titles in that stadium. I think either last year or the year before we won there. And it's somewhere I've always wanted to go. I was around it. I went to Rolling Loud, the music festival this year. It's it's all around the parking lot. So you didn't really get to go inside the stadium, which I think would have been cool if they would have had one of the main stages in the stadium. But either way, they put a roof on it. It's absolutely gorgeous. I love the stadium. And we had great seats. We were in the third row, right in the end zone, right in the um, near the student section. They were playing Appalachian State. So there were some Appalachian State people around us, but all around it was you know mostly Miami people. We show up and this was great. We show up, get off the highway and we go to, we're figuring out where we're parking because we didn't get a parking pass. We kind of got all our passes last minute. You know how it is getting into these stadiums. It can be a fucking nightmare. So we turn into this lot and they're just motioning us to go. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll go. And uh, my friend in the, uh, in the passenger seat, he, we roll up and they go, oh, this is the green lot. And we're like, oh, well, we don't have, you know, we're talking to him. We're like, oh, well, can we just park here? And we're thinking this lady's not going to let us go. The parking attendant. And uh, my buddy pulls out 40 bucks and he's like, well, how about this? Will this work as a green pass? And she goes, she goes, give me that. And she grabs both 20s, pulls one out and goes, no, you take that back and gave one of the 20s back. So 20 bucks, we got an awesome parking spot. We bought this little tiny football from Walmart, which was, you know, the size of your hand, a little peewee size football. We're just throwing that thing around. We had a funnel. It was, it was great times all around. And we were, you know, as parking lots do around stadiums, we're about a mile away. So we, headed in a little bit late. We heard the first touchdown. You could hear the stadium erupt. Like I said, we're about a mile away in the parking lot. 
And then we heard the second chanting and screaming from the stadium. And we thought it was another touchdown. We thought we missed another play. But I come to find out later, I got a Snapchat picture. And some of you may have seen this or a, a video on Twitter of this cat that fell from the second row or the third row down to the bottom row. And it was caught by an American flag and a University of Miami flag. And it kind of bounces from one to the other down a flight of stairs and they catch it. And uh, the cat's alive. I think it's doing well. I haven't got an update, but while I'm sitting there about 30 minutes later, I have all, all my friends reaching out to me going, what's the deal with this cat? And I had no idea about it, but it was literally right across from where we were right in the next corner of the end zone, the other side of it. That's where it happens. And that was where the second chant came from. So we missed that. It was kind of wild. I, I, no one really gave a shit that we were at the game and had awesome seats. It was more of just talking about the cat, which I think is absolutely hilarious, but cat was okay. It was all good to go. But like I said, that stadium somewhere I've wanted to go for a long time. Alabama's got history there. The Colts have history there. And it was just, it was wild to finally go. You know, I've, I've been to quite a few stadiums across the country, but going to that one was definitely something special. And I live so close to it. I'm only like 20 miles away from it. So it was bound to happen. Maybe going back for the Colts Dolphins game. I'm hoping so. We'll figure out if, uh, if we can score some tickets there, but either way, love the stadium, the food there, there was this brisket sandwich. It was, you know, two brioche buns, whatever it is. And this, <laughs> this crazy brisket, I mean, we're talking massive brisket and they would dice it up, put it on there. And uh, the reason that was, you know, it was 20 bucks, obviously stadium food is insane, but 20 bucks. And uh, the thing that sold us on it was Tommy, who has been on the podcast before was like, Hey, do you recommend this sandwich? And uh, the guy snaps around without even hesitating. He goes, I bet my life's son that you will love this sandwich, this brisket sandwich. So got us out of 40 bucks, but it was a great sandwich. Some of the best stadium food I've ever had. So if you're in the hard rock, definitely go check it out. And then come to find out there was a boxing match Evander Holyfield versus whoever it was in the hard rock casino, which is right down the road. And we passed it. There was an American flag going up the side of it. It was absolutely nuts. We also got some videos of that, that might be on the YouTube channel here pretty soon, but it, it's just everywhere you look, there's something happening down here in South Florida. And it's amazing. I know a lot of people are moving down here. A lot of things are always going on. You know, you had the the Jake Paul, you had the Mayweather, you had everything. And then Evander Holyfield fights down here, you know, that same night, but would definitely recommend we'll be going back to Miami hurricanes. You know, how to kind of go incognito. Couldn't rep the Bama gear. Cause I wanted to come home alive, but you know, it was great. You know, especially taking the win. Miami looks like shit. They're not a great football team, but I'll root for them while I'm there, especially when we're getting hooked up with, with parking passes and great seats. So cannot complain about that. Week one of NFL football, not the best week. The Indianapolis Colts got absolutely stomped by Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. So we won't even go into that, but another great little tidbit from this weekend as my Sundays normally go. So, you know, a couple of buddies get together. We play this eliminator series, you know, $10 buy-in. Everyone picks a team and then you can only pick a team once. And then after that, each week, you, that team is eliminated. So then you have to go on and try to pick one team that's going to win. So I'm, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the brackets. I'm looking at the games. I'm like, okay, whatever. And, you know, I'm trying to go, I'm trying to go a little against the grain, kind of swim, you know, trying to swim against the stream here, you know, like an asshole. And I get, I, I pay for it. I pick the Minnesota Vikings over the Bengals because who on earth would pick the Cincinnati Bengals week one, Joe Burrow just came back from a knee surgery that blew up every part of his knee left, right, and center. Surely Kirk cousins can get it done. Nope. They lose in overtime. So I am the first one eliminated from the eliminator series week one. And that's why I don't do fantasy football. And that is why I don't do sports 
gambling. That's why I don't do sports teams. That's why I don't do any of that because I'm absolutely ass at it. If you know me, every time I've put money on a game, I've lost it without failure. I've never won one time. And we'll continue to not bet on sports games for as long as I live. So got knocked out of that. That was great. But kind of switching it up a little bit. And the reason I wanted to talk about this was because, like I've said on podcasts before, I talked about it on the cruise episode. You know, every time you, you sit there and you think about, you know, doing something that you know you have to do, you know you want to do, but there's, there's fear behind it. There's resistance behind it is the word we're going to use here. It's... It's about just getting there. You know, half they say, what is it like 70% of it is just showing up, just actually showing up. Doesn't matter if you put in a horrible effort, you know, a, a bad workout's better than no workout. It's about putting in that effort. And I've been looking, I've been listening to this book. I actually finished it. It's very short. If you if you're on Audible, um, look up War of Art, the War of Art. You know, you know, Art of War, it's a little play on words, but it's written by an actual, you know, fiction writer. And you it's it's beautifully written the way the way it's structured especially as an audiobook he reads it himself it's fantastic and the big key moment of it was or the big key takeaway of it was was resistance and i didn't think this is where this book was going to go i heard it on you know the joe rogan podcast and he had said something about quoting this book and i was like you know what i got an extra credit on on audible no free shout outs sponsor me and I figured I might as well give it a shot. And so I saw it was a really short book. I listened to it on one and a half speed. I'd recommend if you're really trying to pump through books or podcasts or anything like that, listen to it on one and a half speed. You'll get through a lot more. I think sometimes it can be bad if you're, especially in, in books where I, I add clips. So I'll hit pause, add a clip, say this is what the highlight of it is. And then I go back after the book is done and write them down just because I think that sticks a little bit more because you know I could listen to audiobooks all day and remember none of it. And then it was just kind of for not, it was a waste of time. And so I didn't know what to go, what to expect going into this book, which I think is another, another great thing to do is, you know, I read a lot of self-help trying to do, you know, trying to evolve, trying to get better at, you know, business, life, relationships, everything, everything you can imagine I'm trying to improve on. And I'm trying to go through all the classics, you know, think and grow rich, how to win friends and influence people, things like that. Seven habits, highly effective people, rich dad, poor dad, all these books that everyone recommends, all the people that are kind of invested into that that community or, or, or building themselves or building their wealth, whatever it may be, just that self-improvement aspect of it. And so I'm going through all the classics, all the ones that people say to try out, all the ones that, you know, have sold millions of copies for a reason. And, you know, people think they're snake oil. I don't, you know, I'd rather be more optimistic than that. I think there's a lot of lessons you can learn from each of these, but see the hero there, war of art. The big, the big, big, big thing that kind of enlightened me and was really what I thought wasn't going to be a factor. I thought it was going to be more of like, you know, oh, creativity, love yourself, whatever. It really wasn't that. It was more about this thing called resistance, you know, that feeling you get whenever you don't want to do something, when you know you should. Writing a book, recording a podcast, filming a video, studying for a test. And the way he broke it down was, was that, Resistance is always going to be there. Resistance is the master manipulator. Resistance is that thing, that, that, that sound in the back of your head that's saying, or that voice in the back of your head that's saying, you know, why? Why are you trying so hard? Take a day off. You can do it. It's fine. You know, don't, don't study for that. Don't go for it. It's never telling the truth. Resistance is never telling the truth. And 
it's going to, it's going to say, Hey, you can, you know, miss that workout. Don't study for that test. You'll be fine. And it's so, and, and it builds on itself over time. You know, the day you stop doing something, you, you stop going to the gym, you stop studying, you stop stretching, you stop working out, you stop painting the next day. Resistance gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until eventually you're pushing things off to, to a day that'll never come. It's always tomorrow. It's always the next day. It's always, oh yeah, yeah. I'll save up my energy now. And then tomorrow I'll hit it super hard. Tomorrow comes, you know, wow. You know what? The next day I'm going to be so, so recuperated. I'm going to hit the work so hard. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be the best work I've ever done, but that day never comes. It's resistance. It's that lie in your ear going, okay, yeah, just take it easy today. And kind of equating it back to can't hurt me by David Goggins. It's, it's that same, that same voice that goes, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you, as soon as you quit, as soon as you give in, gets a little bit stronger, gets a little bit stronger. And then eventually it's a snowball. Then you're, then you're months down the road, years down the road, and you never did anything. You never, you talked about it. You thought about it. You made all these great plans, but you never did it. And so a tactic of overcoming that is just sitting down and putting in the work, no matter how garbage, no matter how unfocused, no matter how tired is sitting down and putting in the actual work. And the way he does it, he's a writer, is the way he does it is he says, listen, I'm going to sit here for four hours, two hours, an hour, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it may be. I'm going to sit here and all I'm going to do is work. I'm going to type one word at a time until there are words on the page and I'm not even going to read it afterwards. I don't care. That's not the point. I put my work in. I put my sweat equity in and I'm not going to get the rewards today. I'm not going to get the rewards tomorrow. It might not be in a month. It might not be in six months. I might not be in five years. He talks about not being able to sell a script for 10 years. He goes, yeah, I'd write stuff every day. I didn't realize that 10 years after my first book I wrote is the first time I'd sign a contract, first time I'd sign a deal. 10 years. Were you, are, are you willing to wait 10 years with no return or little return for that dream that you're achieving for to not to live the life that you hate to live that nine to five or, or to, to, you know, be a construction worker and, and bust your back when you're 35. And then now you're on disability and, Oh, but I really wanted to be a painter. Oh, I really wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't study. Oh, I really want to be a race car driver, whatever it is. It doesn't really matter. And it's, it's realizing resistance when you feel it. I just felt it. I just felt it 20 minutes ago. I go, you know what? I wasn't, didn't really want to record the podcast. Didn't know if I'd have it. Didn't know if I'd have, you know, good topics to talk about. And it's just like the mental diet I spoke about in last week's episode. If you haven't listened to it, give it a listen. The mental diet is something that I've, I've really been focusing on recently about, you know, it's what you put in your brain matters. You know, music, I don't really buy into the music one. I think music is just something to be enjoyed. But I'm talking about, you know, videos. I'm talking about what you listen to on the radio, you know, podcasts you listen to, things like that. It all affects what your mentality is. And when you're just pumping yourself full of, you know, these things that tell you you can, and these things that are giving you tips and advice, it's easier to implement. You know, if you read a good book three weeks ago, it's not going to hit you as hard as if you put the book down in front of you and then walk 10 steps and exactly the scenario they told you about to worry about is in front of you. That's what happened. Talks about resistance, the little voice in the back of your head. That's always going to sound like it's right. That's always going to have the most convincing, most conniving what you think to be the truth, like, oh, you know, you're right. 
I can't take a day off. I can't stop today. Don't, don't film it. You know, it might not be the best podcast you've ever made. You know, what if people don't like it? What if people, what if people talk shit about it? And it's always going to sound so good in the moment. And you just got to get up and you got to do it. And that's exactly what I did. I literally sat up, wrote down some ideas and said, let's just record the podcast. Let's get through with it and, um, and go for it. And, and another thing they talked about, which has also been spoken about quite a few times on this podcast is momentum. Momentum is the strongest force on the universe, as we've spoken about, at least to my belief. And when you put in that work, and I like to think about it like a workout, because I myself have been struggling to be consistently working out for years. And the idea of just, it doesn't matter if it's a bad workout, a bad workout is a thousand times better than no workout. You know, one crunch is exponentially better than nothing. Is it better than a full workout? No but it's something, something to build off of. And you'll build those, you'll, you'll build those steps. You can do one push up, then two, then 10, then a set of a hundred, whatever it may be. It's putting in that work. And, and like I said, when I, when I first saw the book, you think the title, the war of art. Okay. Well, oh my God, I don't want to paint today, but it wasn't about that. It wasn't about that at all. It was, it was implementing it was implementing the mind into everything that you're working towards. And something that he brought up that I thought was just absolutely captivating and something I'd never even thought about. Cause I always took the word, to be honest with you, I always took the word creative as kind of an insult that I was like, Oh, he's a creative. I thought it was kind of like, Oh, he's a, he's kind of a beat off. He just fucking doesn't really get anything done. I always took that as kind of an insult as a slight, which was just completely out of my own ignorance. And when he was speaking, like I said, he's a, he's a, he's a writer by trade. So he's the way he, the way he writes and the way he constructs sentences and, and ideas is, is fascinating to me because I've never been a gifted writer. I don't know if I ever will. It's possible, but I perform, I prefer audio. I prefer video. I prefer visuals, other senses rather than, you know, writing things down. And he said, creatives looks to look towards the future for hope. And we were watching the Met Gala and this is what kind of, you know, I don't know about you. I, I watched that guy. I think, okay, wow, half this stuff looks like shit, but you know, maybe I just don't understand it. Maybe I don't get it. And then it was fundamentalists look towards the past. And so fundamentalists is what I kind of see as like people that, that follow the straight and narrow, the people that, that stick to, you know, your nine to five, this is what you do. You drive a Honda civic. Let's not, let's not stir the crowd. Let's not be too divisive. Let's not get people riled up. We don't want too much attention caused on ourselves, which granted, he kind of shits on it throughout the book. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. For me personally, that's something I would hate, but I do think there's a place and I do think people are genuinely happy with that aspect of life. And those people need to be on that path and I, and more power to them. But a lot of things, and this may be a complete stretch. This is just kind of me talking, you know, creatives look towards the future, you know, art that you don't understand fashion. You don't understand you know, crypto, NFTs, these things that I don't think anybody fully understands. You know, they're, they're, they're not looking towards the past. It's like, this is the way things done. This is the way things have to be. This is how it has to stay. It's not going to work if it's not like this, if it's not like how it used to be. They're looking towards the past. Instead, all these things that come out, the internet when it first came out, you know, social media when it first came out, all of these things were shit on, cell phones, all of this stuff was looked down upon. But it was... 
it was looking towards the future saying, no, we got the past right. The past has been right. And that's why we're going to be so solid when we try these new things that it's not going to, it's not going to destroy what we had. It's just going to build what we're going towards. And that was a way I never thought about creativity before. It wasn't, you know, oh, I love drawing, you know, um, emotions or, or, or like, I just love sculpting fucking birds because they just look so pretty and they speak to me and they talk about, you know, freedom. And it wasn't about that. It was about creativity is kind of the evolution of, of whether it be human nature or whether it be ideas or thoughts or, or the way people live their lives. And it's looking towards the future as, you know, we did it right in the past. Things were good. That's why I have hope in the future whenever we're trying all this new stuff that we don't know if it's going to work. And if it fails, we'll be fine. If this doesn't work, we'll be fine. We've made it through worse before. Rather than, no, this is the way it's always been. It has to be like this because we don't know what's out there. We don't know what's out there. And that could, that could destroy us. But this, this behind us, we know this works. We have to stay here. And I kind of took that as, you know, as, as looking at creativity as a different thing. Like I said, it was, it's not really a slight or I thought of it as a slight, as an insult, as a diss, as a, you know, oh, you're just, you're, you're creative. You don't really get things done. You're just creative. You're up here. You're out, you're a creative. And someone who, who thinks of themselves as somebody who likes to create things, it was kind of a, there's a polarity there. You know, there wasn't, there was, I didn't really know where to sit on that side of the fence. And so hearing him talk about, you know, at, creativity as, as an idea of, you know, for hope and looking towards the future and things like that. It is kind of out there, but it is something that I just want to put on this podcast. Cause I, it was something that, that confused me that made me think. And I thought, you know, maybe for nine out of 10 people, maybe they're like, that sounds fucking insane. Makes no sense. But I wanted to put something on here that I don't fully understand that I wanted to, to just spread to you. Maybe you think of it a different way and, and it makes you think and, and that's what I want this podcast to be about. It's not all about things we know. It's about things we don't know. It's about things we're afraid of. It's about things that, that could be around the corner. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what happens with this podcast. I just do it. Could it turn into something? Yeah. Could it turn into nothing? Could somebody from 400 years be watching it right now while I'm long dead? Hopefully. If so, what's up? Hope everything's good. But it's cool. It's cool being confused. It's cool having, not knowing where your opinion lies. How many times a day are you like damn i don't know what side of the ball i'm on probably not a lot you know we have we have we have our preconceived notions and i'm not saying people aren't open minded i'm not saying people's opinion change but how many times do you hear something and you're like that's a completely new way to think about it for me it's not quite a lot i genuinely think it's it's a very rare thing and when i hear something that that genuinely confuses me that genuinely makes me think and not come out with an answer i think that's fascinating and so i wanted to kind of pose that to you and, 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 you know, let, let you take it, let you think what you, what you think, kind of, kind of explore what, what creativity is. If you were the same way as me, if you kind of thought of it as an insult, or if you kind of thought, you know, creativity was, you know, a symbol of hope, which is something I never thought I'd say, or no, never thought I'd even come close to understanding, but I see what they're talking about. Still don't fully get it, but I see what they're talking about. But, um, you know, kind of want to spin back around to, to tips that I took from this. And it was, you know, the difference between a professional and an amateur. And this, this, I mean, I took so many notes on, on these few chapters. Like I said, if you haven't listened to the audiobook, I'm an audiobook guy. I read very slow, but we're working on it. And it, the way it's constructed is 
is fantastic. And so, like I said, circling back resistance, it's all about resistance. It's about getting over that resistance. And you know, the big thing it's, it can be beaten, you know, it can be beaten. Everyone has it. And this is just a quote that struck me, that struck me so hard was, you know, the difference between a professional and an amateur. And so the big thing that he kind of wants to separate is a professional and an amateur. And the thing that hit me really hard was he says, the amateur is the one that says, you know, I'm going to do this, 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 and that, and I'm going to get this, 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 and that I'm going to get the car, which is things, you know, things I say all the time, but the professional is the one that puts in the work and all this, the penthouses, the cars, the parties, the girls, whatever it may be. That's the byproduct of just straight working. And he says, I don't know if I'll say it as eloquently as he says it, but he says, you know, the success is a byproduct. The professional does the work because he has to do the work for him. He has to do the work. The success will come when it wants to come, which is such a weird way to think about it. It's like, you know, the work is, isn't, isn't dictating the success. It's just, you're working, you're working, you're working and success kind of knocks on the door and is like, all right, we're here now. And it all comes up. And, you know, you think about, you know, the work and getting through it. And I think what, a lot, what stops a lot of people is fear. And that's definitely one thing I've tried to boil it down to is like, you know, why are you nervous about uploading a YouTube video? Why are you nervous about recording a podcast or telling people about it or telling people about, you know, businesses that you're working on, especially in the past, you know, in high school, when I want to start a clothing company and it fell apart, it fell apart because I didn't tell anybody about it. I'm trying to sell a product that no one knows about that. I wouldn't, that I was embarrassed to tell people about. I was embarrassed to tell my friends about I did a one photo shoot with two people. And I didn't want anyone else to find out how are you going to sell How are you going to start a business with products that you don't want anyone to know about? And it was fear. It was fear of rejection. It was fear of other people's opinion, which I think is, is very powerful. I think it controls a lot of how people live. I think it controls, you know, those fundamentalists, those, those straight line, those don't make too much noise. I don't want attention. I don't want to disrupt the crowd because, you know, I got a good life and I don't want to ruin this. And if I ruin this, who knows what's going to happen? as opposed to seeking out the happiness that they really want. And so one of the quotes that I guess we'll, we'll kind of leave off with is, you know, the professional acts in the face of fear. There's no getting over fear first. Courage comes first. You got to get in the, the arena. The fear, will, the fear will be not disappear, but you will overcome the fear once you're in it. There's no waiting for the right moment to make a move. There's no waiting for the right moment to do a business deal, to quit your job, to ask for that person's number at the bar. There's no right moment for that. There's no, okay, I'm, I'm completely okay with it. I am, it is now is the perfect time. The lighting's right, the wind's right. That person moved out of my way. They just got their drink. I'm gonna get my drink. I'll order the same thing. This'll be perfect. I look great. Everything's good. Nobody in my friend group's blackout drunk. I'm good. Everything's good. My bank account's full. Everything's good. There'll never be that moment. There'll never be that moment where you go, I, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit my job and I'm not going to have a shred of fear. Everything will be good. And, uh, you know, now's the perfect time. You don't know what's coming next, but now's the perfect time. There'll never be that moment. And professionals know that that, 
those moves need to happen in fear, not when fear is gone. They need to happen in fear while you're in that moment. You need that fear to move forward because that's what tells you what you need to do. The cave you fear holds the treasure you seek. I have it written everywhere. I have sticky notes of it all around my room in every notebook I have. The cave you fear holds the treasure you seek. If you feel that fear, that means you care. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Fear is a good thing. If you have that fear, that means you give a shit about it. It means that's what you need to do. Because the person on the other side of that door is who you need to become. It's who you need to be. You need to ride with that fear on your back. Not wait for it to move. Ride with it on your back. Because once you're in that moment, you will perform. Or you won't. And you'll learn. But there is, no, there is no getting over that fear. When you're genuinely, there is no getting over that fear. There's only performing with it. There's only acting with it. So if you're going to film that YouTube video, if you're going to record that podcast, if you're going to ask that person out, if you're going to study for that test, if you're going to apply to that school, do it with the fear. Do it with the fear on your back. Because as soon as you do it, it's gone. As soon as you reject it, as soon as you're shut down, as soon as you fail that test, it's over. You know what? It's gone. I don't have to worry about what happens anymore. I know what happens. I know what, had, I know what just happened. Sucks or it's fantastic. Either one, but I know what happened. Now I don't have to wonder. Imagine living your whole life wondering, what if? What if I tried and it worked? But I didn't. What if I tried for the track team? Now I can't run. You know, now I hurt my back and I'm, I'm out. What if I would have gone to the police academy and, been, and, and, and saved people's lives, but I didn't because I wanted to make more money because I wanted to make my, my friends happy that were driving BMWs. What if? Living your life wondering. Do it with the fear, whatever it is. Appreciate you guys for listening. Release these episodes every Wednesday. My name is Jack Hummel, at Jack Hummel and everything. Check out the YouTube version if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music. Check out the Apple Music or Spotify version if you were listening to on YouTube. So I appreciate everybody for listening. There'll be more YouTube videos out on the channel. Like I said, just search Jack Hummel and you will find it. And we'll keep getting after it. Episode 65, I'm pumped. I appreciate everybody who's listening. And, you know, DM me. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what your opinion is on all this about resistance, the struggles that you've had, you know, the fear of what other people are going to think, how that stopped you, how you've gotten over it. I want to hear it all. I want everything. This is about a community. It's about a, this is about a two-way street. And so remember, go with the fear. Get after it. Attack everything. Appreciate you guys. See you next week.